love him today. Every once in a while, you just need to shout it out. Just take a moment and shout it out right now. Father, we love you. We praise you. We glorify you. You are worthy. Turn around and look at your neighbor and say, he's worthy. He is worthy of all our praise. You know, I'm amazed sometimes we go to a ball game and nobody has to prompt us to get excited, right? We'll, we'll scream for our team no matter what's going on. We come to church and sometimes we can get calm, cool, and collected. Not so much here, but, but sometimes that came in. And I thought to myself, I thought, you know, sometimes I think we get everything a little backwards. Because if there ought to be something that gets us excited, it ought to be Jesus. It ought to be talking about the goodness of God and the grace of God. And so today, I want to share with you for just a few moments of time a message called Shout It Out. Throw that picture up if you would. Shout it out. <clears throat> Go ahead. Are you ready? Try it one time. Just get it up there and say, Jesus. Jesus. Doesn't that feel good? Amen. You know, isn't that so much better than, hey, you big idiot. You know, we shout so much stuff. But you have to remember that words carry power. You know that angels, by their nature, are messengers. And they carry words. They carry his word and they carry our words. So we need to be careful what kind of words we're giving them to carry. Everybody say life and death are in the power of the tongue. I think probably would be a wise idea if we all went and bought an emergency roll of duct tape. Just in case we're having one of those days where, you know, you know what I'm talking about? Any of you ever have one of those days? You know, where, you, you know, you, you just, it, it's just welling up in you to want to say some stuff you know you ought not say. Get out the emergency roll and just say, God, I'm not letting anything get past my lips that the devil can use against me. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to the book of Psalm 107 and starting with verse 1. And it says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Everybody say, give thanks. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. When you look at the, well, let's read the rest of it. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Let's take a look at verse 1. If you would just stretch your hands to heaven, let's thank him one more time. Father, we just thank you and honor you for your word. We ask you today to have your way. God, let us decrease so you can increase. And we'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So in verse 1, it says, oh, give thanks. Everybody say, oh. oh. It's a big O that's standing all by itself. It means take notice. Oh, give thanks. When you look at the phrase give thanks in Hebrew, it means to extend the hands in worship. Oh, give thanks. Thanks. To, did you ever have somebody ask you, how come you raise your hands all the time in church? Look, it, it tells you, this is how 
we worship. This is how we give thanks. As a matter of fact, if you look up praise, you'll find that praise has this as an extension of the forearm. In this phrase, to give thanks, it means to extend the hands and worship. Now, watch this. Physically, it means to throw at. Everybody say to throw at. Have you ever had anybody throw something at you? Oh, there you are. And so, to, it, it means, not, that wasn't much of a throw. <laughs> let, let try it again. To, to, to throw, oh, thank you. To throw at. Now, think about this. If it means to extend the hands and worship and to throw at, the implication is we are throwing our praise at God. <laughs> there you go, God. Love you, Lord. Did you catch that? Oh, I'm just so excited. I just, no, man, to throw at. Can you imagine when, when if God's done something for you and you want everybody to know what he's done and, and, and you, you throw your praise at him? Don't you want to throw? What do you do when you're playing ball? What, you know, when you were playing catch before, what, what's the catcher doing going? Come on, give me old pepper here. Put it right in here. We want to give God something that God will take notice of. I don't want to give him some weak, limp praise. I want to throw my worship at him in a way that he says, I'm ready for it. And so every once in a while, when we get ready to thank the Lord, we ought to get some enthusiasm behind our thanks and just, God, I just want to thank you for all that you've done. You say, well, that didn't, that didn't quite hit anybody. I wasn't aiming at anybody. I was, I was aiming at him. Everybody say, aim it. When you aim your praise, I said, you, you aim your prayer, don't you? I hope so. I mean, you need to get specific with your prayer. We need to get specific with our praise and let God know. Look, I understand. It's okay to say, God, I just thank you for all that you do. But isn't it a little bit better if you start thanking him and name the things that he's done to aim the praise and rather than try and do a catch-all and sweep it all up, well, I ain't got a lot of time, God, so just thank you for everything. I'll see you later is to take time to say, God, I want to thank you that I got up this morning in my right mind, stood on my own two feet, breathed your air, drank some of your coffee, got dressed in your clothes, jumped in your car, and drove to your church. Amen. 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 Give him praise. And, and so when you get excited, it's kind of like if, if you want interaction with God, then aim it at him. Just, just, just throw, look at that, look at that. All of a sudden, it, it, it hit one, and it bounced across and started catching other people. Wow. Man, she's got some pepper behind that. Everybody say, let it go. Say it one more time. Thank you. I think I will. Just, just let it go. Good catch. Let's see what you got. All right. All right. Whoa. This is what I'm saying, is praise ought to be something that's spontaneous. Are, are, are you hearing what I'm saying? When, I mean, like, they, they were singing that last song, and honest, man, I, I, I was, can I confess my faults? I was a little tired. 
and they were singing that last song. And, and when they were singing that last song coming out, I, I was sitting there, you know, and I was kind of, oh, I need to catch my breath before I get up there and have to preach, you know. I'm, I'm just kind of resting and chilling out, you know. And all of a sudden, I can't remember what the verse of it was they sang, but man, they said something. And it, I, it, I was, all right, that's all I can take, man. I, I jumped up and started, and started raising my hands and praising God. I thought, I just can't take anymore. I, I, I need to shout it out. I need to let God know that I love him, that I care about him, that I'm thankful for him, that everything he's done for me has not gone unnoticed. But I toss that up here. Y'all quit playing. <laughs> Thank you. Everybody say praise. praise. Praise has purpose. And when we begin to praise, you know, and here's the bad thing. Everybody say an extension of the arm. That's what it means. I've seen folks treat praise like that. Just, just going to kick it around a little bit. Just kick some pra- God deserves our best, doesn't he? Thank you. See, we make God reach for it. Now, I'm not God. That wasn't her best, but I, I, that, that, I'm, thank you. Whoa, there. What, I, what I'm saying is this, is we need to treat God with the honor, the, I, 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 how can I say it? With the enthusiasm that he deserves. I mean, how many of you, how many of you have ever gone to a ball game and you were cheering for two different teams? You ever done that before? That doesn't work out too well. I was preaching a revival down in Louisiana during Super Bowl. I got invited over to a Super Bowl party. It was, I can't remember, I think it was the New Orleans Saints. Help me out here. Was it New Orleans playing Chicago? It was who? That's right, that's right, thank you. Indianapolis Colts. Peyton Manning. I'm in Louisiana. I let it slip. Go, man, go. You know, and, and we were in there, and he, man, he threw a pass, and, I, and all of a sudden I had all these looks. I just preached a revival for these folks. They didn't get nothing. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But they, all of a sudden it's like because I'm, they took their praise for their team serious. Shouldn't we take praise to our God more serious? It says, oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because he's good. Everybody say he's good. Do you ever taste something good? No, I'm talking about, do you ever have something that tastes so good that it got a response from you? You know what I'm talking about? Like you, you took a bite of something succulent and you went, oh, Oh, oh man, that's some good stuff there. Tastes like more. <laughs> I want more of it. And that's the way God is. That when we taste, he said, that's why he said, taste and see that the Lord is good. Because once you taste him, he knows you're going to go, mm-hmm. And you're going to want some more of him. Taste and, now I got to tell you the truth. I met some folks and the God they've been tasting, if, 
if the look on their face is representative of what's in their spirit, I don't want none of it. I've met some folks, man, that look like they've been eating raw persimmons all day long. And then they wonder why nobody wants to go to church with them. Praise God, you won't go to church with me? No. I was doing fine being miserable before I ever met you. But when you go to somebody and all of a sudden you share with them about the goodness of God, man, and it intrigues them and say, I don't know what it is they got, but I want me some of that. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. The word good there in Hebrew means better. Everybody say better. Better than what? Better than anything. God is good. God is better than anything. Matter of fact, God is better than everything. It doesn't just mean good. It also, I mean, good doesn't just mean better. It also means loving. God is a loving God. He doesn't have a lightning bolt in his hand ready to take you out. He is a loving God. It means kind. He is a kind God. It means pleasant. God is not got a wrinkled brow looking at you and just make me so mad. He said, I know what my thoughts are towards you. And they're thoughts of good and not of evil to give you hope and an expected end. God has a plan for your life. He is a good God. It means pleasant and it means beautiful. If you ever been in the presence of God, and I mean it was beautiful. Or just a moment ago when we were worshiping, you see what my wife was doing? She started to hand it to me and she... She, what, what's she doing? She, it was so good. She wanted to hang out there for a while. It's like, man, this is beautiful. I don't want to walk away from this. I don't want to just leave what I'm feeling here. This is beautiful, and it means best. Everybody say it with me. God is the best there is. Amen. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth to all generations. Now, I want to get to this shout it out. Everybody say shout it out. out. See, that second verse says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Everybody say so. So. I knew that that was going to happen to me. (laughs) What, What are they saying? Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. In other words, tell somebody about what he's done for you. You need to shout it out. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Everybody say, I'm going to tell it. I'm going to shout it. The, The word redeem means to buy back. The hand of the enemy, that phrase implies a tightly closed fist. In other words, the enemy had you in his grasp. He would not let go of you. But when God showed up, guess who lost their grip? When God showed up on the scene, the devil lost his grip and Jesus bought us back. Tell about it. Shout it out. Well, I just want to thank the Lord for all he's done for me. Why? Why should we shout it out? Because of the impact it has on other people. I, 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 l- l- listen to this. L- watch these two verses. I want to show you something. 
that you shout it out because of what it does to you and to others. Here's what it does to us. It says, and they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and what? And the word of their testimony. So it makes you an overcomer when you shout it out. Did you ever wonder why it's so hard for you to talk about what God's done for you? Do you ever wonder why sometimes you, get, you feel like you lose your voice every time you start to try and share what God has done in your life? And I'm not talking about going up to somebody and say, oh, man, God's been good to me. I'm talking about when you start getting into the shadows of your life and the part of your life that you were ashamed of and embarrassed about, and we allow the devil to back us up in a corner. I told a man one time, I said, you need to quit letting the devil try and hold your sin, your previous sin over your head. And you need to, if, if people say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, you did this, you need to stand up and say, that's right. It's a testimony to the power and the grace of God uh, of what he's to let the redeemed of the Lord uh, say so. Uh, shout it out. Uh, let somebody know he's powerful enough to break every stronghold, uh, to loose every chain. Uh, let somebody know that he is able. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. The other reason that we shout it out is found in Hebrews 12 and 1. Listen to this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, everybody say, man, I got, I, I am, I've got a crowd of people around me that believe. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. What's he saying? He's saying when you shout it out, you give other people strength and hope. Because they hear your story. And when they hear your story and you open up about where you've been and what, what you've been through and how, how all this has happened to you, then all of a sudden it begins to do something to them. And they say, you know what? If God did that for them, maybe he could do it for me too. You know, I, it's, I, what brought this message on was this past week when I was watching and Kim came on the broadcast and Kim came on the broadcast and started sharing her story. And I, I was listening to that and I, and, and, and what, would you stand up a minute, Kim? Stand up. You don't have to if you don't want to, but I'm going to point to you if you don't. <laughs> so, so Kim started sharing her story. When Kim started, and I know that was difficult for her, but when she started sharing her story, I felt something in the spirit. And all of a sudden, I started looking up, and I started looking at people making comments. And I thought, my goodness, man. And that, that scripture came to me. That's why I'm preaching to this today. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And I realized that what's happening is there was a sweeping presence of God that was going out over the Internet. And people were beginning to feel the power of what it's like to have the Son set you free. Bernadine, come up here, would you? Come on. Don't make me come back there and get you. There was somebody else on the internet today or this, this week too. Bernadine, this quiet little lady that sits in our services in the back, right next to there, to Karen back there. And, and, and you'd think that, 
you know, well, she's so, you know, she, that, uh, she's had the perfect life and nothing's ever went wrong. Man, she gave her testimony. And when she gave her testimony and started sharing about 50 years of bondage, of oppression, of being married but not being able to speak, having no voice, suffering abuse, going through all this. But she had not gotten bitter. She had not grown. And, and when I watched her on there and I, I saw all of a sudden I saw you start to smile. And, and, and she was going, and, and there was a bird flying out of the cage, and she was looking at that bird, and she go, ooh, I love that. And she, she just got excited about it. And then as she, after she got, what you didn't see was after she got done sharing her testimony about how God had set her free, she wasn't looking at what she had lost. She was looking at what God had given her, what she had gained. And then all of a sudden, at the end of that, at the, I started to say forecast, at the end of that broadcast, when they got done, she said, all of a sudden, she put her hands up and she did this to Debbie. She said, "Woo! I felt that felt good. I, I enjoyed that. And so I want you, if you would, just to shout it out. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Give her a hand, would you? Do you understand that when all of a sudden... When all of a sudden we quit allowing the devil to back us up in a corner and make us afraid of all our junk and all the mess and everything we've been through and we begin to stand up and say, I am a soul that's been changed by the power and the presence of a living God. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Find your voice and shout it out. Tell somebody about what God has done for you. Everybody say, you're not going to keep me quiet. <laughs> Folks, uh, you know, we, we, get, we get so, oh, I'm afraid somebody will laugh at me. I'm afraid somebody's going to say laugh at me or say something about me. I, I always tell people, I said, look, folks laughed at you before you ever gave your life to God. Don't get, don't get upset because they, they're laughing now. Don't let that have an impact on you. You, you know, I had, when I, when I got saved, and I mean really saved, I started going to, and I'm not going to, I started going to some friends, you know, that I, I'd had before, and I was talking to them, and they said, man, you're different. You're different. You, something happened. I said, well, I ain't telling you what it was. <laughs> no, I didn't do that. They, 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 said, they said something happened to you. As a matter of fact, I was selling Shackley. How many of you have ever sold Shackley? Can't get through life without selling Shackley, can you? Or Amway, you know? You know, Shackley or Amway, something. I, I don't even remember what I was selling at the time. All, I, I think it was L-O-C, Amway. All right, if it, was, if it was basic age, it was Shackley. Whatever it was, I, I went in, I started talking to this friend of mine, and he knew me. I had run around with him. We had done some stuff. And, and he looked at me and he said, Rick, he said, you're different. And I said, let me tell you why. And he goes, he goes now wait, wait here. You, you came to sell me this stuff. I said, oh, forget about this junk. I want to tell you about Jesus. <laughs> I didn't care anything about the product anymore. I just wanted him to know about what Jesus had done for me. You've got to shout it out. I was working at, the, I shared with you about working at the factory, and I, I got, I can't help it. When you start talking about Jesus, something ought to get inside, inside of you. You ought to feel something. You, anybody feel anything? 
Well, praise God, I'm so glad. I was sharing with this guy. We're in the back of a factory, man. I'm covered up in grease. We're in the back of a factory. I start talking to him about Jesus, and he, he goes like this. He starts backing away from me, and he said, he said, stop right where you're at. I said, what's wrong with you, Jerry? He said, Rick, he said, every time you start talking to me about Jesus, you get this wild look in your eye, and your voice changes. I, I can't help it. I can't. Look, do you, how many of you act differently when you're at the ball game? Come on, be honest. You act like, I see you. And she's got her hand up. I bet you get wild at a ball game, don't you? She said, so she said sometimes. And, 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 and sitting here, you know, she's just calm, cool, collect it and all that. And that boy, you turn her loose and say, wow, go Cardinals. Right? And some of you were still praying for it because you're going, go Cubs. <laughs> See, see what I'm talking about? If you like the Cubs, shout it out. If you like the Cardinals, shout it out. If you love Jesus, shout it out. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about getting to the point that you're more excited about God than you are anything else in your life. And you let people know about it. This man is blind. People walk by him. Jesus' disciples walk by him. And watch what they do. They, they point a finger at him and say, hey, can I ask you a question, Jesus? Who sinned, that man or his parents, that he's that way, that he's born blind? How many of you have ever been on the receiving end of that? Well, you must really have been a stinker for, all, for everything you're going through. You must have really messed up. Job went through that. His friends came to comfort him, and he said, you're miserable comforters. He said, in other words, they started accusing him and blaming him for stuff. And he's saying, look, I didn't do anything. I'm, how many of you have ever just had some stuff happen to you? Do you understand that God doesn't do that? Jesus looked at the disciples and said, neither this man nor his parents sinned. Listen to what he said. He said, but so that the glory of God can be manifest. If, if, if Job had known when he was going through all his heartache and heartbreak that God had put him on display and had lifted him up in the face of the devil and said, have you considered my servant Job that there's none like him? I promise you Job wouldn't have been bellyaching and carrying on. Job would have said what he said at the end of the conversation with God. He said, uh, he said I repented and abhorred my, he said, I, I abhorred myself and repented in dust and ashes because I uttered things that were too marvelous for me to understand. What did he say? He said, God, I, I didn't understand what you were doing. And he said, I, I can't even lift my face to look at you. But God lifted him up. God didn't, Jesus didn't walk by that blind man and point a finger at him and say, well, yeah, he messed up or his parents messed up. He said, look, this is so that God's glory can be revealed. Now hear me, because then sometimes people say, well, what about someone that goes their whole life blind and the Lord never opens their eyes? Is, is, is God not glorified in that? How many of you remember a lady by the name of Fanny Crosby? Fanny Crosby was born blind. She wrote 
I can't remember, is well over a thousand. I think it was several thousand hymns. And they asked her about that one time. What, how do you feel about never, never having seen? Are, was she bitter? Was she angry? And she looked at them and she, she said, I take great joy in knowing the first thing I'm ever going to see is his face. <laughs> the glory of God, seeing his face. Job was when he was going through all he was going through and he didn't understand it he made the statement he said though he slay me yet I'll trust him don't you know that when we throw that kind of praise up to God when we throw that kind of worship up to God that God is receiving that Jesus spit and clay made mud and put it in his eyes and told him to go wash at the pool when he came back from the pool, he was seen. People all around were looking and saying, hey, that's the guy that was blind. Others were saying, no, that's not him that just looks like him because, you know, I mean, that guy was blind. And he's sitting there going, it's me. It's me. It really happened to me. And they looked at him. They said, well, wait a minute, man. You were blind. How do you see? He said, oh, man, there was this guy. His name's Jesus. I, I don't know much about him, but one thing I know, whereas I was blind, now I see. And I'm telling you what, I'm going to shout it everywhere I go. I'm going to let everybody know what he's done for me. Sometimes we feel like we've had our voice robbed. In the fifth chapter of Mark, there's a man that can't even speak for himself. He's so tormented and twisted that when Jesus asked what his name was, the devil answered for him and said, my name is Legion, for we're many. He lived in a graveyard. His dwelling was in tombs. He was cutting himself with sharp rocks. They tried to secure him and put him in chains and he snapped the change. And the Bible said that day and night, he was tormented, screaming and moaning. His screams and moans didn't keep God away. They brought Jesus to his rescue. <laughs> and when Jesus got fit, that tight grip, you remember that he is... Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, for he's redeemed me from the hand of the enemy. That hand, that tight fist that he had closed up on him. When Jesus got through, the devil had to let go. And that man was free. The town came out and saw him in his right mind. And they asked Jesus to leave. Isn't it something when we'd rather keep company with devils than to embrace the Spirit of God. Stay with me a second. Do you know why some people push against God so much? It's because they've been accustomed to their lifestyle. And they know that if he stays, they're going to change. And so because they don't want to change, they ask him to leave. When they asked Jesus to leave, I, we never found out what the guy's real name was, but the guy that had been known as Legion said, I want to go with you, Jesus. He begged him to let him go with him. And he said, no, 
you're not going to go with me. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go home to your friends and your family and tell everybody all the great things that God's done for you. Somebody say, shout it out. What's Jesus saying? Jesus saying is, I got another job for you. I don't want you just to tag along behind me. You're going to go some places I'm not going, and I want you to let them know before I ever get there what happened to you. Uh, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let them shout it out. Man, he went from that place telling everybody. And you got to know they all knew him. He had a reputation. And he didn't let the reputation he had keep him from opening his mouth. He shouted it out. I know. Take a look. I'm not, maybe I'm not what I ought to be, but I ain't what I used to be. (laughs) And I'm on my way. I am on my way. God has made a difference in my life. Somebody say, God makes all the difference. When George Whitfield was getting the people of Edinburgh, England, out of their beds at 5 o'clock in the morning to hear his preaching. A man on his way to to that tabernacle met an individual named David Hume. He was a Scottish philosopher and a skeptic, a believed atheist. He was surprised at seeing him get up (laughs) that early going to hear George Whitfield preach. And one of, the guys, one of the people stopped him, and he said, wait a minute. He said, I thought you didn't believe in this. He said, I don't, but that guy does. <laughs> I'm telling you that when you begin to shout it out, it will cause people to begin to gather around you to hear what you've got to say because there's a fire inside of you. Everybody say it's like fire. Shut up in my bones. <laughs> they, they were laughing at Jeremiah. They were mocking Jeremiah. And Jeremiah said, you know what? I'm getting tired of being laughed at and mocked. I'm just going to shut up. I'm not going to say nothing. And he sat there and he tried to sit still on what God had done for him. And he said, I can't do it, man. He said, this is like a fire that's within me. I got to tell it. I got to shout it out. Somebody say, shout it out. Like a fire that shut up in my bones. They asked Spurgeon one time how that an individual asked me, said, how can, how can I communicate like you do? I want to draw crowds of people like that. How can I do that? How can I be the com- a communicator like you are? And this is what Charles Spurgeon said to him. He said, it's very simple. Go get yourself a bucket of kerosene, pour it over you, and set yourself on fire. And he said, and then the world will come to watch you burn. What was he saying? He was saying that my walk with God isn't about a list of do's and don'ts. My walk with God consumes me. The Spirit of God consumes me. Jeremiah said, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says in 12 and 28. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken... Do you understand? You're a part of something that cannot be shaken. He said, let us show gratitude. Give thanks to the Lord. Let us show gratitude and offer to God pleasing service and acceptable worship with reverence and awe for our God. James. Thank you for being so attentive. (laughs) 
<laughs> For our God is indeed a consuming fire. Everybody say he's a consuming fire. This is what I want you to do. I, I, want, you to, I want you to light that, and I want you to lead the congregation. And, of course, of this little light of mine, I'll let it shine. Debbie, come and help him. Now, look, it's, it's fine to have your little light shining. Okay, I get that, and that's wonderful. We need to let our little light shine. But every once in a while, you need more than a little light. Jeremiah said, it's not like a little light shut up in my bones. <laughs> he said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. Hebrews said that God is a consuming fire. So what we need to do is offer ourselves into the presence of God. And when we do, all of a sudden, something unique begins to happen. <laughs> that God begins to consume us. Now hear me. When you get close enough to his presence that you don't see yourself anymore, but all you see left is him. Uh, that's what I'm after. Would you stand with me today? Thank you like a fire shut up in my shout it out let the redeemed of the lord so how many of you feel like you got something to shout now let me let me share with you the people that really probably don't have much to shout about it's if you've had a perfect life and nothing's ever went wrong you probably don't have a lot to shout about but the truth is, is there's nobody in here that's had a perfect life and nothing's ever went wrong. Can I explain the why behind that? Because the Bible said that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So we are all in that boat where we need God. I don't want just a little touch. I don't want just a little ember. I told folks for years, I said, if living for God had been about going to church and sitting on a pew, I would have never done it. I said, when I came to God, I had to know that God was real, and I had to know it on a personal level. When you heard Brother Walls here a few weeks ago talking about what happened to me, I had been fasting and praying and asking God, God, I need to know your power on a personal level. Don't ever pray that way unless you really are ready for something to happen. Because I'm telling you that when God got done consuming me, I didn't know who I was or where I was for a while. I was going, my name's Rick McNeely. I live in Sykeston and I work at Piggly Wiggly. I had my name right. I didn't live in Sykeston anymore and I didn't work at Piggly Wiggly anymore. I'm talking about a consuming fire, a God that will get down inside of you and give you the courage and the strength 
to begin to declare how good he is and how great he is. Now, we can focus on what we've done wrong. And when you do that, you fall victim to Satan. Because as long as you're focused on your bad stuff, you're never going to share God's good stuff. (laughs) Here's the good news. God took my bad stuff, grabbed it, turned it into his good stuff, and now I'm forever changed. I'm not the same anymore. I've been changed. That's what I want you to do. If you're in here, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up, but if you're in here and you, you're saying, I, look, I want that. I want, you know, honestly, folks, it's not so much about what we're doing in here that makes the difference as it's what we're doing out there. And so as we begin to take it out there, matter of fact, I had a friend I had a friend that I grew up with and I I got saved and I wanted him to be saved and I went to his mom and I said, can Greg go to church with me? And she said, no, no, you know, we're not the same faith. I didn't know anything about religion. I'm thinking, that confused me a little bit because I'm thinking, wait a minute, man. Isn't Jesus, Jesus, wherever you're at? I mean, in in God, he said, I'm God and I change not the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so later on, you know, she came to me and years later, I moved away, came back and she, she came to me and she said, try and help Greg. He'd gotten into some trouble and, and, and when I went to go talk to him, it was like there wasn't that closeness that we'd had before. But how many of you know that God's an awesome God? Guess who I got a text message from last night? Greg. He said he's been watching online. (laughs) He was asking some questions about Scripture, about the the Bible, about anointing oil. And I I sent him uh, some Scriptures and sent him just a message. And he sent me back and he said, thank you. He said, that was there, he said, I, I, I never thought about this, but he said, that reading was very enjoyable. It was very peaceful. And I thought, wow, we don't get it, do we? We don't understand what God's put in us. We don't understand that when we begin to share, when we shout it out and start talking to others about him, the impact that it has on those that are listening. And even when you write something, that same spirit comes through. This is what I'm asking you today. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor, I want some of that fire in me. I want, I don't, I'm glad I got a little light, (laughs) but I'd like to get a big bonfire going. (laughs) I, I want the power and the presence of God working through me. Now hear me, because this is how you can tell. You can always measure. You know how you can measure? Ask yourself how much you love your neighbor. Well, now I love God, but I got a problem with him. Hear me, you got a problem with God because he said that if you can't say that you love me who you haven't seen and not love your neighbor who you have seen, I'm telling you this, that I've... I've asked God to try and help me see people through his eyes and not judge them. Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was that way? 
Jesus said neither. But I'm getting ready to show my glory through that life. There are some of you in here that are setting on a bomb. You say, what are you talking about? The testimony of what God has done for you is so powerful that when you begin to shout it out, you're going to blow the devil away. You, you, you are, you, you're going to blow the enemy away and you're going to be able to help so many people get the duct tape off. <laughs> that, that emergency roll isn't for that purpose. It's time for us to let him have it. Can, would you step toward me? Just, I want you to raise your hands to heaven. Look at me just a second. You know, you've wrestled over the last several months, probably it looks like over a year now. And the, the wrestling has been, uh, there's just stuff that's happened. But then in the process of that, it's made you kind of step back. And, and in doing that, it's, it, it's been a, an, an attack of the enemy to try and shut you down. Even joy that you'd experienced before you felt like has been out of your reach. All that's changing today. <laughs> today, the redeemed of the Lord are going to say so. Today, you're going to give thanks to the Lord. Why? Because he's good. He's done some... Oh, yes, God! Stretch your hands to heaven and love him with me right now. Say, Pastor, what's going on? Listen to me. We've got to quit letting God be a relic on the shelf. Do you understand that God is powerful? He is a consuming fire is what the scripture says. How can we believe that we can just come to church, sit calm, cool, and collected, and nothing happen? The only reason nothing happens is because we shut down. We need to open our heart and say, God, here I am. I'm ready. I'm ready. Stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. Say it with me. Wait a minute. I need, I need, I need some praise up in here. Just give me the second. Come on. Come on, baby.